Welcome to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most with your host, Dr. P, Dr. Wayne Purnell, the breakthrough success coach and your powerful presence mentor. Welcome to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most. I'm your host, Dr. P, Dr. Wayne Purnell, the exponential success coach and the president of Dynamic Leader Incorporated. Today, I have with me an engineer, but it gets better because he's not just an engineer. He's become an airplane mechanic. No, wait, he went from airplane mechanic to sausage maker. Mm -hmm. Uh, From sausage making, there were a few other things. And then he began uh, working at McLaren in the world of Formula One. And along the way, our guest today will have lots of stories and lots of leadership lessons from from his path so welcome to the show paul teasdale thank you for being here thanks so much for having me on wayne it's a privilege it's uh it's an honor having you i don't often get sausage makers i mean formula one folks um all right so let's talk about your path because this is i have a feeling there's a lot of uh there's a lot of strife, there's a lot of fun, there's a lot of lessons, yep. and um, you know, what you're doing these days. So so why don't you tell us, like, yeah. how did you get into, first of all, you decided that engineering was a great path, and yep. then you decided it wasn't such a great path. So what <laughs> happened? Talk a little bit about that. Well, um, the the decision to go into engineering was one late on in schooling. It was never something that was obvious to me. I don't have uh, family or or friends who are engineers. It was more about I was good at maths, I was good at science, and I was introduced to the fact that you could put those things together and do something real with them. Um, And that was the engineering piece. And I went, ah, I like a bit of that. Let's go. Um, But I didn't know what type of engineer I wanted to be. I probably still don't. Um, So I I did a generalist engineering uh, degree, and I specialized in manufacturing engineering with management. So it's more about principles of improvement, a lot based on the Toyota production management system. Great. um, And learning those sort of methodologies and ways of working that you could apply to business in order to um, make some improvements. This is great. We could do an entire show on the Toyota way uh, and what you learned about about, uh, just quality control and leadership and how everybody has the opportunity. The Toyota way is basically anyone who sees a defect has the opportunity to stop the line and uh, and that mistakes, while not welcome, they're not punished. And mm-hmm. I love that. I love I, I love that you got into engineering and went into management with it mm-hmm. s- because, well, I mean, obviously you sparked a, a train of thought for me. <laughs> from there, from there, what happened? So from there, I, I took a series of roles. Um, my first role was in aeroplane engine overhauling, of which I wasn't doing the overhauling myself. I was in the process improvement team. Um, I did that for a, a short while, um, while supposed to be on a graduate scheme. Uh, turned out it wasn't really a graduate scheme, so I helped them develop a graduate scheme. And in the process of doing so, did a lot of research and thought, Actually, I should be in an actual graduate scheme. So I joined a different graduate scheme uh, for a company called Kerry Foods, where I ended up being a production manager in a sausage factory. 
and did that for a few years and had some amazing experiences with uh, teams of people across shifts, working with all sorts of weird and wonderful folk um, in the weird and wonderful world of sausage making. So uh, that was an experience and an eye-opener in its own right. Um, I'll bet. I mean, there are very (laughs) few people that can say literally... I literally know how the sausage is made. Precisely. <laughs> and the, the one question people always ask me is, you know, do you still eat them? And the answer is yes. You know, the, the quality, you know, just because you think rubbish goes into sausages, it doesn't make it the, uh, <laughs> doesn't make it so. There's a lot of good quality control that goes into that. So great. Rest assured. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I thank so you did for that, that for too. Co- no, yeah, thank exactly. you for that. Like, rest assured, your your sausage is is going to be high quality. It's awesome. It's good. Always. <laughs> Always. Um, and I, I I took a role from there working for an, uh, a shipping company that was moving um, containers around the world. So I, another random job, serendipitous um, connection that I had with uh, with somebody. A role came up, um, and it fit in with where I wanted to be in the world at that time. Um, and then moved on from there into consulting. So I did a, a stint of about five years in food manufacturing consulting, predominantly, before making a move over to New Zealand, um, where myself and the wife uh, decided we we're going to up ship from the middle of London and go somewhere else. And uh, we looked all around the UK and decided that the one place that was right for us was to go the other side of the world. So we uh, we, we upped sticks and, and shipped ourselves over to New Zealand for uh, what was supposed to be two years maximum and turned into five years um, and had a, a wonderful time over there, worked for a big dairy company and then had a... Uh, one of those moments in life that change you fundamentally where the my wife was seven six seven months pregnant and I got made redundant unexpectedly um well unexpectedly to me anyway <laughs> as these things often happen and through some great that, coaching for our, for our uh non-british friends made redundant means he was fired when his job disappeared Yes, <laughs> precisely. So I was given the uh, the the wonderful conversation of your job no longer exists. Yes. Uh, you know, you, you you have a month's notice to serve, and then off you go. Um, and so I decided to make a shift. At that change had some um, opportunities come my way, and I worked in banking for a little while. So in the business banking world. Um, Did you make your way back to Britain at that point, or were you um, still? I was still in New Zealand at this stage, and I worked in the banking team for a couple of years, and then we decided, because of family reasons, to move back to the UK. And it was at that stage we reached out to the network and to all of our friends and and colleagues, and said, "You know, who's got an exciting job out there for us? You know, who who can point us in the right direction?" And it happens that a friend of mine worked for and still does actually work for McLaren, the Formula One team and automotive uh, company. And um, he said, I know of one guy in the business who's doing a bit of what you do in terms of how I understand what you do. And being a process improvement practitioner, very few people ever understand really what I do. And uh, and so he said, I'll put you in touch. And through various conversations um, at sort of 11, 12 o'clock at night and five o'clock in the morning to try and get the time differences right, um, we I ended up getting offered the role at McLaren and worked there for about seven years, um, helping them to take their ways of working and their methodologies and some of their technologies out to wider business. 
And so I did that. Yeah. And now I work independently. So I, I, I help my clients bring those lessons from Formula One, um, those high performance, high performing teams lessons in particular. Uh, but I like to sprinkle in a little bit of the sausage making and banking and, and international shipping because it's uh, it's my own unique little blend that not many people have got that story of uh, of sausage making, banking, and Formula yeah. One. So no, uh, who does? Not very many people. <laughs> um, that's awesome. So you're doing consulting now. Yes. You have your own business. Yes. Great. Yeah. And. Um, so process improvement is uh, it's deep and wide, um, and it, and so it's very interesting. I did um, I've been doing organization development stuff for probably forty years, and uh, no matter what I touch, there's a sense of right because I do I do high performance coaching, yep, and um, and that's usually individual. Sometimes it's with corporate teams. Um, that said, my background, I've, you know, worked for some major companies internally and mm. uh, process improvement was a part of the, I mean, you have to look at flow. Yep. How many times, like, think about it and and I'll ask our audience, mm. uh, in your role for our audience members, in your role as you're listening to this or seeing this, think about how many times a certain procedure or thing is touched by more than one person in order to get it done you know i fill out a form it goes off it comes back i get an approval it goes off to somebody else um and or think about you know if you're working on something how many times do you have to pass it off before it's passed off by you as complete to the next person Hmm. um right that's kind of did i describe kind of a high level of how you come in and and do process improvement yeah that, that's certainly from the uh, yeah from the process improvement side i mean I, I do a lot of other wider performance work as well you know the, those pieces with high performance teams yes. and uh, and leadership lessons and things like that but yeah if you're looking at processes you're really looking at what are you trying to achieve first and foremost you know you need to be clear on the outcome and uh i one of the things i love and i think this is an old um Toyota saying as well is the the most inefficient you can, thing you can do is to make an unnecessary process efficient. So that's so think, smart, right? <laughs> all that effort that you put into making something as efficient as possible, and then you turn around and go, "Well, why are we doing this in the first place?" So yeah. it, it's the first question you should be asking: Is do we really need to do this thing? And only if you've convinced yourself that yes, it is absolutely necessary, that's when you start putting in the effort if it's the priority at that stage. So I I love that for so many reasons. And one of the reasons is, uh, personally, you know, when you, when you look at personal development, personal growth, you know, you look at, well, what are the things in my life Mm -hmm. that I'm doing that I've always done, but actually they don't, they no longer serve me. (laughs) I got really good at doing this thing, but uh, why am I doing it? (laughs) <laughs> and I think that's really great. So uh, again, I mean, what you said was outcome first. What are you? What are you actually after? Mm-hmm. And in high performance work, in personal development work, that changes over time. Yeah. What we want changes over time. So um, let's talk a little bit about your high performance work with leaders. 
um, the lessons that you've gleaned along the way. And um, from time to time, I'll pause you and I'll, (laughs) I'll underscore some of the things that you've said as perfect leadership lessons. So um, talk a little bit about, about, um, you know, from McLaren to current consulting. Yep. What are you doing? Like, when yeah, you um, it's sort of a perfect client. Who is that? And how <laughs> do you do? Yeah, I mean, it, I don't. I am segment uh, and industry agnostic in a lot of cases, but I, I mean, perfect. I do. I do find myself working with people who are looking for something different. Um, it's not when you go out to a lot of businesses. Even when I was working with McLaren and at a high level the um the directors and the the leaders of the organizations were saying right we want to get mclaren in because we want a different point of view when you're working with the teams that are on the ground one of the first questions is why is this relevant to me what's my job got to do with formula one it's completely different and so my job is to look for people who are looking for something different and start to connect them with first of all some stories some high performance stories from f1 and see how they can be applied um, and I use a lot of frameworks, uh, and a couple of my own bespoke frameworks in there. Um, but I also um, help them. In fact, one of the frameworks is to say, here's a framework to help you understand where you need to be looking and the types of people you need to be looking at who are a bit outside the box. And this comes from, there's a story in F, from the F1 side where the pit stop team, so the pit stop where they're changing four tires on the car in what was recently a world record for McLaren, actually, at 1.80 seconds to change four tires on a car. Wow. Um, now, to put that in perspective, I timed this the other day. It takes me longer to say the words change four tires on a car than it did for them to change four tires on a car. So, you know, it's that sort of speed. Um, and what what McLaren did is in to improve the pit stops, they brought in some ballerinas. And this is always like a, a a great way in for a lot of the talks and things that if, if you want to improve pit stops, bring in the ballerinas and sausages can change banking, you know, so it's right. it, having a different perspective can do that. The idea with the ballerinas to expand on that a little bit is that when the McLaren team were looking at what are we needing to do here? What's the results we're trying to drive? And what are the elements of that? that say, you know, makes it a successful pit stop. Well, we want, obviously we want a fast pit stop, but actually as much as that, we want a consistent pit stop and we want the team working in flow. We want the team working together. We want it almost to be choreographed and feel like a dance. And it's at that stage they start to say, well, if that's the case, then who does that stuff really well? And who does dancing really well? The Royal Ballet who happened oh. to be down the road from where, where we are in, just in, in London here. And so going to say, right, I'm not going to copy what you do. You do something completely different, or not completely different, but you do something different to me. I want to learn from you as to how you become world-class at what you do. And I want to adapt those things that you do so that they fit me and adopt those practices that are relevant to me. This is great. Uh, you know, Bruce Lee, the famous martial artist, yeah. used to say, absorb what is useful, because mm-hmm. he would study all the martial arts. And what worked for him, he was very clear, what worked for him might not necessarily work for you. 
yeah. or for me or for but you should be exposed to it you should learn it you should feel how it works and um i i think it's so important to get a perspective and not say yeah but that's but that's mechanics that's engineering that's banking that's uh gardening whatever it is it's like there are ways of approaching and i think uh what you're saying is something i very much believe in which is perspective is everything yeah very much so and if you if you just look at and are open enough to say you know this is a different world this is a different application of what we are trying to do but they're going we're going to be able to learn something from them yeah. even if we're world class we can learn something from everybody so whether that's a tiny little thing, whether that's a practice, whether in that conversation they start talking about um, how they eat together or how they manage their sleep or something that isn't directly to do with the performance that you're getting, you're going to pick up on some little nuggets. And it's those 1%, those little nuggets that, that really drive high performance in that world. It is so true, Paul. This is um, it's It is one of those things that... If you're not choosing to be aware of it, mm. if you're not deliberate about it, you miss opportunities. And that's even in dealing with um, your local restaurant or, you know, your coffee barista. It's like you can learn something from the way they move, the way yep. they speak, the way they process what they process. And maybe you could help them. It's not your job. Um, just pick up on you know what's going on around you. I uh, see, and it's one of the advantages of of doing podcasting is I have people on in areas that are absolutely identical to mine, and I still learn something. Yep. And in areas that are absolutely opposite to mine, and I absolutely learn something. So <laughs> this is great. This is really great. You are listening to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most with your host, Dr. Wayne Purnell. You know you are bigger than the life you are leading. It really is time to attend to that thing you've wanted to do or have, but you've been putting off. It's time to step into that dream you've parked for someday. It's time to claim true well-being, both personally and professionally, without giving up the success that got you here. It's time to check out Dr. Purnell's signature small group retreat, the Exponential Success Summit. Explore ExponentialSuccessSummit.com. Seats are extremely limited as this is a very special small group event. www.ExponentialSuccessSummit.com. You talked about a framework. And, uh, you know, if you could share, you know, give us a peek. You don't have to do the entire thing if if you don't want to. Just give oh. us a peek about how, we, how would we start to look at our own situation, whether that's because I believe that leadership is personal and professional. Yeah. So looking at our own development, what can we do? What's How do we approach it? What's your framework? Yeah, so um... – there's, there's two frameworks predominant that I've got that I work a, a lot with at the moment. Um, one of them is what I call reframe, which is based very much on that element of how do you identify 
who the equivalent of the ballerinas are for you. And so that's about, uh, you know, and I love a good acronym. So I always like to, to put a good acronym in place. So it's, it's about results. It's a, uh, so first and foremost, what are the results that you're trying to drive? You know, are you clear on that? What are the elements of those results? Um, so the, the bits that feed into making that result really good. So, you know, the choreography of something, the flow of something makes a, for a quick and, and consistent uh, pit stop, for instance. Um, and then you've got focus. You know, who? let's focus on the particular areas that um, we want to um, identify and, and work on that are going to have a biggest impact on our own performance. Um and then there is the um, the second R, which is for uh, sort of relevance. You know, what are the bits that are relevant in what these people are doing? Um, and what is the, uh, I'm getting the, the things right, so A is next <laughs> for the analogy. You know, what's the analogy? Because you've got to be able to tell the story internally and across your business. You know, if I come in and just say, oh, we're getting ballerinas in, and they're going to help perform. You've got to sell that to your team. You've got to be able to sell it to your organization. So you've got to find the analogy so that you can talk to people and identify the common ground. Um, then M is for mastery. So what is what makes those people masters at what they do? So that's about observing and asking questions and understanding what they're doing, how they're doing it, and what leads to them being world-class. And then E is for execution. So this is where you actually bring in those elements that are uh, relevant to you. And I always use the term adapt and adopt. So you adapt what's relevant to you and then you adopt those good things. And then you have to put those into your own execution. So there's a, a reframe model uh, and that goes with that. Um, there's also another model, um, uh, another framework that I've got that helps bring people a bit more clarity in this data-heavy world that we've got, um, actually by putting data last on the list. Um, and this is uh, sort of my uh, keynote <laughs> framework, if you will. I've got a lot of this yeah. on my website. You can go and find out a lot more about this, called the rapid performance. So again, R for results, A for actions. What are the actions that have an impact on your results? P is for the people who are involved in deciding on those actions and putting them into practice. Then I is for insights. What insights do those people need in order to make the best decisions? And then D is for data. What's the smallest possible data set that you need in order to derive the insights that help your people make the best actions that drive the results you want? So it's all about flipping things on its head a little bit. And it came about through the world of F1 in where, yes, you can have more and more data, but it, that actually slows the car down if you if you get more sensors and telemetry on the car. But the analogy that I've had with people is that this is about headspace. You know, everybody is bogged down with more and more reports. You know, I'm sure anyone who's been in an organization mm -hmm. where the IT team or someone's come up and said, great news, we've got a brand new system and it gives you all this new data and you can do with this whatever you want and you can cut it and paste it and do everything. And you're just sitting there going, I've got so much already. I, I can't even begin to think of how I get the time to even think about what I need to focus on here. Because you're starting with data and you're saying more data equals better performance. And I think we all agree there comes a time when that's just not the case. It's, I mean, it's true. If you think about how much 
how much data we we see on a, a phone every day. Yeah. You know, we are exposed to a massive amount of information, and you can't you can't process all of it uh, in your job. No. I I am very fond of what's the smallest amount of data that's needed to make the decision. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, like, and that has to do with comfort level. It also has to do with experience, mm. right? That that you know, those more more experienced know what's in and what's out. Those that are learning their way think may think that everything is going to be important, and you start to get to a level of discernment, which I think is really important. Um, the the second D in rapid um, is the <laughs> discerning discerning about the data. What is what is important? What's out? Um, it's great that both both of your acronyms start with results. Mm. Obviously, this is this is uh, uh, it's a theme in most leadership, at least leadership since the 1980s, if not mm. before that, um, when you know Stephen Covey came out with his thing with uh, begin with the end in mind. Yep. Toyota, I mean, a lot of the Toyota work came out in the 80s <clears throat> as well. So this is great. And I think I think that uh, as as a an individual human looking at this, you can really apply this. I'm going to go back to reframe results yep. or outcome elements that go into the results which means all along the way i'm a, i'm going to call this discernment you know if you're if you're baking a pie then a power drill is not something you're going to pick up as part of the the element one of the elements that's going to help you bake that pie so you need to know what's a distraction and what actually goes into the result you want so results elements your focus areas for biggest impact so Right. I love I love that. You're probably and that could be context, could be location, it could be resources. And I'm, you know, stop me if I'm going down a different rabbit hole. No, 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 you carry on. It's I just good. I I think it's really important when you've said such uh it's it's weighty, you know, there's there's gravity to this. So I want to make sure that our our audience can get this. Results, elements, focus areas for biggest impact relevance um and for me that's sorting in versus out that is the the biggest area of discernment is it is what we're doing does it matter is does this piece of what we're doing does it matter to the final outcome i think that's that's great analogy tell the story if you don't have a story about why we're doing what we're doing it may not matter Right, and then you have to back it all all the way and yeah. go. What what for? Um, mastery, you know, it's like we can learn from those that have mastered their craft, and what can we learn? And then execution is do it. Don't stop thinking about it and do it. You didn't say it that way. Yeah. I'm I'm putting it there, and that's where you said also adapt and adopt. Yeah. Um, I love that. So then. Rapid is results, action, people, insights for decision making, and data. And again, what's the smallest amount of data? Don't don't get into uh, data overload or uh, analysis paralysis, as it's been called. Right. So, 
I just I, I wanted to put that I wanted to put that in so that we all could kind of be thinking about that as you as you told us more. Yeah, and the 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 thing that I often get caught up in the most with people is helping them understand the difference between data, information, and insights. And I specifically, the I is specifically for insights because uh, I'm a simple man um, and I like the simple models. The data for me is the what. It's the facts and figures that tell you, describe a situation. Um, Information is the so what. It sort of just brings some context to the data and and maybe gives you a trend of that data, maybe puts it into some form of context against a target. Uh, And this is what we see most of all in organizations. We see information, we see reports, we see quarterly reviews, we see a weekly target, we see where are we against our sales target for the month. You know, that's that's some information and it can be useful, but insights are elements of information that have all been brought together and presented back in such a way that it actually supports a decision. Um, and I would call that the synthesis of the information, mm. right? Yes. So you bro- brought back in, and, and it's the way in which you synthesize it and present it back as well as key. You know, how do you show that to people as opposed to just saying, here are three different reports or three different parts of information uh, that we've brought together. Actually, we're going to present it to you in such a way that says, you know, it leads itself to helping make a decision. It doesn't make the decision for you because that would be automation. And there's always a a part that can be uh, relevance to that in organizations. But a lot of the time we're talking about people making decisions. Perfect. Perfect. Um, This is is awesome. So uh, your current kind of favorite clients, how do they find you and... What are they asking you for when they find you? They're like, yeah. we're, I mean, usually people find you because they're either in pain or they know they can do better, right? Yeah. So yeah, uh, and- that process a little bit. How do people find you? What are they looking for when they find you? Yeah, the, the easiest place to that people find me is I, I, I'm a, on LinkedIn a lot, so that that tends to connect me with people and in the sort of groups and uh, connected with people who are very much in the world of helping other people perform, and so you know people find me through that medium, um, and then going along to the website is the the, the first port of call. Obviously, not a lot of people are going along on a daily basis and saying, I'm going to Google the name Paul Teasdale and see where it takes me. <laughs> um, but it is uh, it is very much a case of, you know, it, once I've got some connections in play or people have seen the work that I'm putting out there, either through my pod, I do a podcast as well, uh, and I share a lot of these uh, insights on a weekly basis. Um and connect with others who who do similar things as well. So it's a, uh, um, it's about putting yourself out in the world and uh, and letting people know what it is you do. And it always just generally starts with an in, someone who's intrigued by what's happening. You know, it's like oh, I, you know, it's I, I'm looking for something to some way of improving it. And I never thought of F one stories. I never, I certainly never thought of sausages and banking and ballerinas and all the rest of it. So tell me more, and how can it be relevant? And those people are not only. Yeah, you know, great from a perspective of 
they're the, they're clients, but they're the ones for me who are going. I'm looking for something. I'm desperate. I'm 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 hungry for success, and I recognise that I'm not going to get it if I just stick my head down and and push on without looking above the board and looking for some different inspiration out there. It's fabulous. That's fabulous because most people. I mean, if you think about it, we're trained from the time we're little that, you know, hard work pays off. And if you, if you, you know, obviously if you're not successful, it's because you're not working hard enough. <laughs> and, um, uh, you know, I've been doing a lot of studies and uh, I've come up with really taking on the question of what if it were easy, <laughs> right? What if it were easy? Um, because it doesn't have to be. I think that hard work pays off is true to a degree. Um, it's not that there's not work involved. It's just that maybe there's a different way. Yeah. And what if it were easy? I think it comes back to that Toyota quote earlier on. You know, It's the right hard work. Hard work on the wrong things, it, that's what put, gets you down the wrong path. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, you know, I actually will uh, use an analogy of, you know, two, two cars are tuned up and they're ready to go and they're, uh, they're about to, to do a race and, um, and one is tilted this way, you know, sort of headed off to the right and the other is headed straight and, you know, they both are like finely tuned machines and, go and one will cross the finish line and the other though it is running efficiently is is never going to find a finish line yeah. uh, and <laughs> it's like are are you pointed in the right direction and personally and professionally like for what you want and i'm a big fan of of getting high performers to stop for a second take a breath mm. what is it you really want and that's both in terms of what you're working on at your company, in your organization, but also for your own life. You know, uh, if you're working, uh, uh, it, it does go back to this quote, if you're really working hard on the wrong things, you're never going to find that joy in your life that yeah. you said you wanted. So, <laughs> uh, so this is great. This is really, you know, I appreciate these kinds of conversations because it, it comes back to who am I as a human? Am I doing the things Am I doing the things that matter? You know, so it's great. Um, so paulteasdale.com is where people can find you. .co.uk. I've uh, Sorry, if you go that's to .com, you'll, if you go to .com, you're going to find yourself at a, a realty agent in Utah, I believe. Um, and uh, although he hasn't used the website in a number of years, he won't sell me the website <laughs> domain name. So it's wow. .co.uk is, uh, is where it's at. All right. Well, let's do that. Paul Teasdale, T-E-A-S-D-A-L-E, paulteasdale.co.uk, because that's where you are. Exactly, yeah. Just outside <laughs> of London. Uh, that's great. What um, What haven't we talked about that we need to talk about? Oh, I think we've we've covered an amazing array of things, and uh, really appreciate the conversation. I mean, it's uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm always one of the. If you go to the website, one of the things that will first things you'll see is book a free thirty minutes with me, and I just want to connect with people. I want to hear your stories. I'm not trying to sell you anything. It's if you're intrigued by anything, 
just give me a shout. We'll set up 30 minutes. We'll have a conversation. We'll talk about how this is relevant to you and uh, and help you move forward. That's great. That's great. Yeah, it's uh, people don't understand. And I want I, I think it's really important that when there is a 30 minute free uh, con- consultation offer, that it's not necessarily about sales. Mm-hmm. It's about, can I help you? Is there a fit? What's going on for you? Um, if what I offer isn't a fit, let me see if I can offer you a person that is. Um, and I think that's great. So, yeah. and you just, you want to talk to people. Okay. Precisely. <laughs> that's great. And so connect, connect with me on LinkedIn. And the other thing I would mention, if you want to hear more of these stories, then my podcast is uh, called Helping People Perform. So you'll find that on all good podcasting uh, platforms as well. So I'll, I'll, there's a few more detailed stories in there. So. Helping people perform podcast. What's that about helping people? Perform? <laughs> I love, I love that your name says what it is. That's, yeah. that's great. Um, and then aren't there a number of Paul Teasdale's on LinkedIn? Is there a. Um, there's not many of us, but um, I'm under Paul James Teasdale is, uh, is where that's at. I, I'll provide the link and maybe it goes in the show notes. Here and we'll That's great. Paul James Teasdale on LinkedIn. That's good. Yeah. I'm making notes. If you can, <laughs> um, cool. Anything else that uh, that you wanted me to talk about, or that you wanted to talk about, that you wanted me to ask you? That uh, resources. No, it's, uh, that, it, I mean, I'm sure we could talk for hours <laughs> on any and all of these topics and m- much more. But uh, really appreciate the chance to have this conversation, share some potential value, and uh, love to hear back from people as to what's resonated with them, really. This is great. So, Paul, under the heading of what's the smallest amount of information or data needed in order to pass this along, uh, we have covered quite a bit in a short amount of time. So I thank you for being here. Oh, Thanks for having me, Wayne. It's been a privilege. It's it's excellent. All right. Paul Teasdale is my guest, has been my guest on this episode. Thank you again, and uh, for our listeners and viewers, thanks for tuning in. This is One Sharp Sword Cutting Through to What Matters Most. I'm your host, Dr. P, Dr. Wayne Purnell, the Exponential Success Coach and the President of Dynamic Leader Incorporated. We will see you here next time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most with your host, Dr. P, Dr. Wayne Purnell, the breakthrough success coach and your powerful presence mentor.